Hi there and welcome to Revitalize the Everyday Audio Bible with me, your host, Lily Lincoln. Um, today we'll be looking at dreams re-established. We'll be reading from Genesis 41, continuing to look at the life of Joseph and exactly how the Lord developed the gift of dreams in him as a teenager, how he was then planted in a place with dream catchers, people who were willing to support his vision and help him to fulfill his purpose. And we're now looking at the dreams that he had when he was 17 being re-established and being used as a way to position, reposition Egypt in a time of hardship so that his family would benefit. Let's pray. Father, you are so faithful and I am filled with laughter and joy because of the things that you do now I still don't fully understand the timing of a lot of situations, but I love your presence. And your presence, Father, removes shame. Your presence removes fear. Your presence removes guilt. Your presence removes trauma. Your presence brings peace. It brings a type of alleviation, a type of relief. Father, I thank you for the pleasure and the joy just from being with you. Holy Spirit, you are um, a counsellor, a guide, um, the guarantee of the work of Christ that's being done in us. And I thank you for, uh, I thank you for the power of revelation. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you that the word of God can transform and change lives. Speak through me today. Humble me, but um enable me to speak the truth so that people's hearts would be encouraged and stirred up for the things of God. Um, give me grace to teach and preach the word um, unto salvation so that people would be saved, but also for transformation and sanctification today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis 41. This is the message translation. Two years had passed and Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile River. Seven cows came up out of the Nile, all shimmering with health, and grazed on the marsh grass. The seven other cows, all skin and bones, came up out of the river after them and stood by them on the bank of the Nile. The skinny cows ate the seven healthy cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He went back to sleep and dreamed a second time. Seven ears of grain, full-bodied and lush, grew out of a single stalk. Then seven more ears grew up, but these were thin and dried out by the east wind. The thin ears swallowed up the full healthy ears. Then Pharaoh woke up. Another dream. When morning came, he was upset. He sent for all the magicians and sages of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but they couldn't interpret them to him. The head cupbearer then spoke up and said to Pharaoh, I just now remembered something and I'm sorry, I should have told you this long ago. Once, when Pharaoh got angry with his servant, he locked me and the head baker in the house of the captain of the guard. We both had dreams on the same night, each dream with its own meaning. It so happened that there was a young Hebrew slave there with us. He belonged to the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us, each dream separately. Things turned out just as he interpreted. 
I was returned to my position and the head and baker was the head baker was impaled. Pharaoh at once sent for Joseph. They brought him on the run from the jail cell. He cut his hair, put on clean clothes and came to Pharaoh. I dreamed a dream, Pharaoh told Joseph. Nobody can interpret it, but I've heard. Just by hearing a dream, you are able to interpret it. Joseph answered, not I, but God. God will set Pharaoh's mind at ease. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. Seven cows, shimmering with health, came up out of the river and grazed on the marsh grass. On their heels, seven more cows, all skin and bones, came up. I've never seen uglier cows anywhere in Egypt. Then the seven skinny, ugly cows ate up the first seven healthy cows, but you couldn't tell by looking. After eating them up, they were just as skinny and as ugly as before. Then I woke up. In my second dream, I saw seven ears of grain, full-bodied and lush, growing out of a single stalk, and right behind them, seven other ears, shriveled, thin, and dried out by the east wind and the thin ears swallowed up the full ears. I've told all this to the magicians, but they just can't figure it out. Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's two dreams both mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh what he's going to do. The seven healthy cows are seven years, and the seven healthy ears of grain are seven years. They're the same dream. The seven sick and ugly cows that followed them up are seven years, and the seven scrawny ears of grain dried up by the east wind are the same seven years of famine. The meaning is what I said earlier. God is letting Pharaoh in on what he is going to do. Seven years of plenty are on their way throughout Egypt, but on their hills will come seven years of famine, leaving no trace of the Egyptian plenty. As the country is emptied by famine, there won't be even a scrap left of the previous plenty. The famine will be total. The fact that Pharaoh dreamed the same dream twice emphasizes God's determination to do it and to do it soon. So Pharaoh needs to look for a wise and experienced man and put him in charge of the country. Then Pharaoh needs to appoint managers throughout the country of Egypt to organize it during the years of plenty. Their job will be to collect all the food produced in the good years ahead and stockpile the grain under Pharaoh's authority, storing it in the town for food. This grain This grain will be held back to be used later during the seven years of famine that are coming on Egypt. This way the country won't be devastated by the famine. This seemed like a good idea to Pharaoh and his officials. Then Pharaoh said to his officials, Isn't this the man we need? Are we going to find anyone else who has God's spirit in him like this? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, You're the man for us. God has given you the inside story. 
No one is as qualified as you in experience and wisdom. From now on, you're in charge of my affairs. All my people will report to you. Only as king will I be over you. So Pharaoh commissioned Joseph. I'm putting you in charge of the entire country of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his finger and slipped it on Joseph's hand. He outfitted him in robes of the best linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He put the second in command chariot at his disposal and as he rode people shouted bravo joseph was in charge of the entire country of egypt pharaoh told joseph i am pharaoh but no one in egypt will make a single move without your stamp of approval then pharaoh gave joseph an egyptian name zaphonath Paneah. god speaks and he lives he also gave him an egyptian wife asenath the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of on Heliopolis. And Joseph took up his duties over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he went to work for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. As soon as Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he began his work in Egypt. During the next seven years of plenty, the land produced bumper crops. Joseph gathered up the food of the seven good years in Egypt and stored the food in cities. In each city he stockpiled surplus from the surrounding fields. Joseph collected so much grain it was like the sand of the ocean that he finally quit keeping track. Joseph had two sons born to him before the years of famine came. Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, was their mother. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh forget saying god has made me forget all my hardships and my parental home he named his second son ephraim double prosperity saying god has prospered me in the land of my sorrow then egypt's seven good years came to an end and the seven years of famine arrived just as joseph had said all countries experienced famine egypt was the only country that had bread now when the famine spread throughout egypt the people called out in distress to Pharaoh, calling for bread. He told the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, do what he tells you. And as the famine got worse, all over the country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold emergency supplies to the Egyptians. The famine was very bad, and soon the whole world was coming to buy supplies from Joseph. The famine was bad all over. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I'd like to draw some parallels. When um, I was discussing Joseph with you a few days ago, I asked you if Joseph was in any way like Christ. And I said, because Christ is, is perfection, he's fully God and fully man. He knows no sin, commits no sin, and he was not born into sin. But Joseph is from human seed, a man, an earthly father, and a female, um, an earthly mother. Whereas Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, no earthly father, and was conceived in the womb of Mary, his earthly mother. Now, if you remember the first miracle that Jesus performed in Cana, what did Mary say? Do whatever he tells you to do. And if we look, Pharaoh actually says about Joseph, go to Joseph, do what he tells you to do. So we can see here that as Joseph is in his fullness and in um, the, the purpose of God and walking in his calling, not just interpreting dreams, but as a leader, as an instructor, as a first in command um, 
beneath the king, we can um, see the image of Christ that the father gave all preeminence, all authority under heaven and earth to his only begotten son. Now we, because we are our heirs through faith in Jesus Christ, we have the same authority. Now, let me explain something to you. Your gift, the Bible says, will make room for you. Now we've looked at the life of Joseph and Joseph was cast into the pit because of his dreams. I said this yesterday. He was put in jail because of the gift that he had. Potiphar's wife was a dream stealer. But when God placed him in prison, when God allowed him to go to prison, okay, allowed him to go to prison, he was using his dreams in that place of darkness and frustration. And now it can be incredibly difficult to operate in your gifts when you are not in the fullness of the season that God is going to give to you to walk in the purposes of your life but I encourage you to still do a good job with the gift that you've been given right where you are I'll give you a very very good example I was in a seminar on Saturday um, a couple of weeks ago and the, the pastor in the seminar said that some people's singing voices are made for the stage some people's singing voices are made for the shower <laughs> some people's singing voices are made for recording deals so you have to know which season you're in which platform you're supposed to be using but make the most of it if your singing is just for a podcast or just for an audio or just to share friends and family make the most of it and enjoy that platform whilst you have it because we don't know when the lord We don't know when the Lord will elevate you, um, large in your dwelling place, enlarge your dwelling place, move you on, expose you. He may just use it for that particular opportunity. But I encourage you to do what Joseph did and remain faithful. Because if we follow every single verse in Genesis 41, Joseph went and prepared himself for that opportunity. Because to be honest with you, that may have been the only opportunity. Joseph could have said, I don't want to speak to Pharaoh. Look how long I've been in prison. Why on earth would you remember now after so many years? But actually, his dream catcher was faithful, even though it felt like he was late. So what I'm saying to you is that your dreams will be established because God is faithful, even when we think he is late. Now, if we go back let's see we'll go back to verse i love the word of god here we go so it's the cupbearer who was able to survive the baker was impaled the cupbearer was um spared and he was the one that was joseph's dream catcher so i believe and i and i encourage you through the word of god that even if somebody has not remembered you or remembered your gift may the lord wake them up in the same way that he woke Pharaoh up in the middle of the night. Pharaoh had a great problem. He had these dreams with no resolution and no interpretation. But Joseph was the only person. It says here, nobody has wisdom like you. Nobody can interpret it apart from you. But Joseph cut his hair, put on clean clothes and came to Pharaoh. So I say to you today, for the Lord, um, as the Lord, to as the Lord establishes, re-establishes your dreams, cut your hair, 
put on some clean clothes and come to the Lord as he establishes you in your purpose and your calling. Now, there's a lot of significance in um, the number seven in the Bible, and I will not go into that now. But what I will say to you that there's nothing in the word of God that is um, accidental, um, coincidental, just thrown together in a haphazard kind of concoction. Every single part of the Bible is inspired by God and useful for rebuke, for correction, inspired by the Holy Spirit, restoration to obedience and training in righteousness. And I say this because we sometimes read the word and think that has no significance to me now because it happened 2000 years ago or it happened 3000 years ago or it was the beginning of time. And what I'm saying to you today is that the word is still relevant. And when we look at the life of Joseph, what I want to draw out is that Joseph was ready. When the Lord reestablished Joseph's dreams that he had at 17, Joseph was about 30, 31, similar age to Jesus when Jesus was in ministry. Joseph was ready. And the reason Joseph was ready is because he continued to use his gifts through imprisonment, imprisonment, through slavery, through hardship, through false accusations, through um, being forgotten. Now, this is a challenge to me. Can you use your gift even when nobody recognizes you, even when nobody appreciates you? And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and enables you because Christ was not respected by his brothers. He said a prophet is not respected in his own town because they said, aren't you the carpenter's son? What good can come from Nazareth? Isn't he a Nazarene? And Joseph was in prison. But when the opportunity arose for him to use his gift before kings, before great men, what did he do? He cut his hair and he put clean clothes on. So as the Lord establishes you in your purpose and your calling, I'm encouraging you as your sister in Christ, as your daughter in Christ, as your friend in Christ, to prepare yourself and get ready. Now, when I share these messages, I laugh because I think I could really do taking my own advice. But I strongly encourage you to look at the life of Joseph and ask yourself, was God faithful? Was God late? Maybe man was not ready for Joseph's gift when he was ready to use them. But at the time that Egypt was in great hardship, nobody in the land could do the job like Joseph. May you be considered one of a kind like Joseph. So when your opportunity comes, you'll be ready with a fresh haircut (laughs) for the men and clean clothes. Now, I know I'm making it sound light and easy, like it's nothing. I've experienced incredible hardship and I have really failed and said to God, I don't know how to use my gift in this situation. Nobody appreciates it. No one understands what I've been called to do. People think I talk too much or talk too quickly or don't know the word well enough to to teach. But let me say something to you. The Lord remains faithful at all times and your opportunity will come. Your platform will come. Your promotion will come. But be faithful where you are. The Lord will re-establish the thing that he planted in your heart 10 years ago, 20 years ago, last week, last year. Maybe you're in your 40s and 50s and the Lord put a dream in your heart when you were nine years old. I know some people who are born again at the age of nine and they're in their 40s now and they're still faithfully following the Lord. And so I encourage you as we we study, study the character traits of Joseph, make parallels with the Lord Jesus Christ because he's our standard. I want you to start looking at your gifts 
and that your dreams with a new set of eyes. I've had to do that this week. I've looked at my dreams and I've looked at my gifts and I'm saying to my father in heaven, well, what can I do now? Do I need a platform with a million people? No, I just need to be able to open my mouth, read the word, speak the word of God over you, encourage you, pray for you and be happy with what the Lord is doing right now. It's a challenge, but nothing is too difficult for the Lord. And I encourage you again, that as your opportunity comes, be ready. Because it said that they took Joseph on the run from the jail cell. He was ready to receive that opportunity. Pharaoh said to him, well, you're the man for the job. And actually, Joseph was smart because he was talking himself into a job. May you be witty and wise and innovative and talk yourself into marriage. Hallelujah. Talk yourself into a promotion. Talk yourself into divine favor. Talk yourself into receiving mercy. Talk yourself into receiving financial increase. Talk yourself into increasing your faith. Talk yourself into the presence of God. Now, what I mean by that is... Don't be silent whilst the enemy steals your days from you, waiting, languishing, because the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I'd be a liar if I told you I didn't feel sick sometimes from the things that I've been waiting for and dreaming about. However, I also promise God that as long as I have life in my body, I would remind people how good he was. And the reason I love the story of Joseph is because God made good on the very thing The very thing that Joseph was hated for, the Lord used it to save a whole country. May the Lord use your gift to save an entire nation. You, my brother, my sister, mother, father, are highly blessed and favoured in the Lord. And today, today, as you prepare, the Lord himself will re-establish his dreams in your life. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for this opportunity and I, I thank you for your presence that has been with me and I don't mind at all what and how you do things but I thank you because you have never ever failed me you never failed me father and and sometimes we look at a situation and we use it as a standard or a yardstick for measuring how much you love us and I repent for doing that and I repent on behalf of those who are listening who have done that and I ask you to give us mercy father to forgive us for doubting you and using man's standards of um, inconsistency and deception to to measure you as the almighty God who cannot lie and in place father of that doubt and fear and worry and anxiety release joy to us just by being with you now it's not that you can't give us good things but you would prefer you would prefer that we desired you more than we desired a thing that we wanted help us to be like christ in that wherever we are we would do exactly what you've asked us to do whether people like us or not whether people appreciate our gift or not whether we're respected as a prophet in our town or not. Father, may the words 
of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Because I've said to you, for an audience of one, I will still glorify your name. So have your way today. And I take authority, Father. I take authority against all principalities and powers seeking to devour the dreams and the purposes of your children. And that today, Father, I make a decree before you that no, no child of yours shall ever suffer famine. No child of yours shall ever suffer violence. No child of yours shall ever suffer premature death. No child of yours, Father, shall suffer barrenness or poverty. No child of yours shall suffer sickness. Not because we earned it, but because of the blood shed on Calvary. I bring that blood forward to today, the 10th of December, 2020, and I wash us all clean. It's not my name and it's not my blood. It's the matchless blood of Christ, the one and only sacrificial lamb, the atoning sacrifice for all of mankind to work in our favour. But I acknowledge the power of that blood today. I acknowledge your love, Father and Holy Spirit. I acknowledge your power and grace at work in us today. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to hand you over to Naya, who will lead you in a prayer of salvation. Please listen to each line and repeat um, after her. Thank you, Naya. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me and giving me, and forgiving me of my sin so I can have a personal relationship with you. I am sincerely sorry for the mistakes I've made and I know I need you to help me live right. Your word says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe you are the Son of God and I confess you as my Saviour and Lord. Take me just as I am and work in my heart, making me the person you want me to be. I want to live for you, Jesus, and I am so grateful to, grateful to you for giving me a fresh start in the new life with you today. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Naya <laughs> and Jaden. Now, if that was your first time praying the prayer of salvation, we would like to warmly welcome you into the family of God. It's the best decision that you'll ever make. And um, <laughs> I would like to encourage you to join your local church online, read your Bible every single day, listen to music that glorifies God, surround yourself with um, other believers, like-minded people, people proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. And just remember that you are absolutely loved and so valued. And you made the best decision today to follow Christ. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.